0: Hey there, welcome to the Preaching Sense podcast. In this episode, Sturm and I talked to our friend and fellow Terps fan, Ryan Goldfarb, who, along with his brother Eric, started a real estate company called Barry Lane Partners. We talked about Ryan's business, uh, what it's like not having a typical 9-to-5, like we've talked about a few times already, you may have heard. Uh, how great it is to have control over your own day, something I can certainly relate to. And uh, we actually got into some sports for once, um, a little fantasy baseball, some Terps basketball. And actually, uh, towards the end, we got into a decent amount of detail on sports betting. So if, if you like that kind of stuff, stick it out until the end. So uh, that's pretty much it, and uh, hope you enjoy. Yeah, it was like
1: uh, interviewing people was a fucking shit. I was like, "Oh, so you, you held all the power." Yeah, because no, yeah, sure, I, sure. I was keeping my old place. Like, I, the only reason I was the only reason I was taking on a random r- roommate was because I really didn't want to move again.: Yeah, so I was like, I actually was going to call it off, and my brother was going to stay for another month. Come on Nickens.
2: Of course he missed. And then,
1: um, and then I found this guy, and I was like, "He seems kind of normal.
2: How long have you been That's in Georgia well. City for? Maybe
1: a year and a half now. What we'll part?
2: The Grove yeah, Street.
1: Yeah, right right near Grove.
0: Nice. Like Are they the doing like a stuff. bunch of? Is that the Path Stop? They're doing all the renovations,
1: like all the new um, restaurants and stuff. That's oh yeah, I mean like outside the path. Is, oh, well, there's square, Exchange, right? there's Newport, Newport, Newport Grove, and Journal Square. Kind of they're doing they're, there's shit going on literally every Path Stop in Jersey City. Oh wow, it's like crazy to like Journal square, square is like area. the most drastic stuff because just because it's been shit forever. Uh huh. But um... like every at every so like. The two on the waterfront, which are Exchange Place and Newport, that's all, like, big high-rise stuff. Yeah, And then by Grove Street, there's a lot of really nice stuff, but it's not quite as tall. And then Journal Square is out west a little further. That used to be, like, pretty hood, and it still kind of is, but now there's, like, a bunch of big... Like, there's a Kushner building going up there, a bunch of Kushner stuff around there, like, the different cousins. yeah. yeah. And they... That's all, like, big high-rise kind of stuff, and it's, like going to transform that neighborhood.
2: The thing about Jersey City, though, is just so fucking massive that, like, to make it right. all, like, right. hip and upscale is just impossible. How to much bigger is it than Hoboken? It's a lot bigger. Millions like, like downtown Jersey probably, City? Is, yeah, probably at least six to seven times as big. Oh, like, shit, downtown Jersey bigger. City is about the
1: size of Hoboken, okay. and that's, like, a very small slice of Jersey City. Brooklyn's
2: like also very tiny. So. Yeah. yeah, Jersey
1: City's like two hundred. It's Jersey City's almost the size of Newark. It's like two hundred thirty. Yeah, it's people. huge. Okay. It's got like
2: boroughs, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean it's not New York City, but it's kind of like Brooklyn. Like, no, it's not as big as Brooklyn.
1: No I mean, like landmass wise, it's probably not that far off, but like mm. density wise, should
2: we get the map out again? Uh, I don't think that map breaks down uh, <laughs> Jersey City and Hoboken okay. <laughs> with each other. Of those places you visited. Yeah, this is probably like the. Fourth what time everybody, is. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a point of conversation. You're the fourth <laughs> person that would done
1: the podcast here. That's like, oh, and well, if you really, and map. if you're really starved for things to talk about, you can just basically turn a conversation or turn each one of those pins. <laughs> that's, that's what you you no, know, it, it's
2: funny. One time we were doing a, a podcast the hidden podcast that never aired um, <laughs> was right. Neemis, Max, and Schwartz on there, but, um, well, because Schwartz wasn't participating, he was kind of just hanging out. He was playing Pokemon on um, his, like, whatever, <laughs> yeah. whatever equipment him, But computer. he, like, wanted to be a part of it, but, like, didn't want to be a part of it. Like, he couldn't figure out what he wanted. Right. So, like, whenever he got bored, he would just interrupt our conversation and say, like, like all a, right, we're going to do this now. Yeah. Yeah. We were also,
0: like, all pretty hammered,
2: so it's just, yeah. it's not
0: a, It was not a situation that was conducive to good radio.
2: At one point, I was going to allow him to take a dart and throw it into my wall. (laughs) That was what he wanted to do as a game. No, 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 he's going to throw it at the map, and and we're going to talk about whatever's going to be your next trip. Yeah. So when he lands in the middle (laughs) of the ocean, I don't don't
1: know what our conversation. is Find an island nearby.
2: Shorts
0: wherever the dart lands, you have to go there right now.
1: That's (laughs) never We will pay for your movie. Yeah. You're
0: not coming to Denmark with us. That sucks. Yeah, hey, what just, happened, When bro? is it? It's
1: um, like two weeks.
0: Yeah, oh, well. March 10th to 19th.
1: Yeah, I would love to, but I just can't commit to that. Yeah, you're you're busy with your work that I don't have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, honestly, it's just the guilt of, like, I could conceivably go whenever the fuck I want, but just the guilt of leaving yeah. shit behind, like, un, kind of undone. Yeah, are like, you basically, much?
0: like, you make money pretty much in, like, a linear relationship with how much you work?
1: Not exactly. I mean, like, so right now we have two projects. So we we've we bought we've bought four properties so far in Jersey City. Um, two of them we bought with the intention of renovating and then just selling. So those two we finished the renovations and they're currently under contract to sell. So we're just going through the process. Like within the next month ish, they should both be sold. So that's when I'm gonna really see like a payout. Yeah. Then the other ones, um, one of them is a rental property. It's just a three like a building with three. Three apartments um, that we're just planning on holding in perpetuity. You're going to so Yeah. And then um, the fourth one we bought like two weeks ago. It's a crazy building. It's like a... It's five apartments and a storefront and it's like fire damaged to like a crazy extent to where they're like missing walls. Like... The entire left side of the building is basically gone, so it's just open.
2: So you're okay. you're buying all fixer uppers. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay. So that's the whole um, real estate. You're buying jump markets, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. To so the, the extent of my... junk, bond, uh, <laughs> junk bonds into
1: AAA rated. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. They're going to be like, real nice when you're,
0: that's yeah. the
2: idea. Right. Yeah. And
0: then,
1: but this one, honestly, this one's like a crazy, this latest one's like a crazy yeah. undertaking, and so we might just flip it to another investor as is and like make a quick buck. Yeah. Um, like, it's, it's all a learning process, like, even the ones that, even the ones that aren't the best deals, I'm still learning a ton from just going through the process and going through another project. So, I'm trying to, like, engineer it in a way that, like, regardless of how much we make off of them, I'll still, like, come out the other side better for one reason or another. Yeah, exactly.
2: So, your, your brother's your only partner? Do you have...
1: My my brother, yeah, my brother's in a part-time, like, he's, he's a full-time agent in Hoboken.
2: Okay. So he... Okay, so you're making... Probably you're making a bigger percentage off of things, right, than you right. But
1: he also gets the, like when we go to sell, he'll get the commission. Assuming we right, to. so and then, you and think then about we'll have,
2: we have investors, okay, on each like
1: like cash partners, okay, on each of the deals.
2: Yeah, so thinking about, I'm just trying to put it in terms of like a normal salary job. Like, in order to make like your year, your annual salary, you'd need to flip like what one or two a year, or I mean, like, you even look like from the that one way?
1: from the one that I, from like the first one. I'll basically be cashing out of that almost what I made in a year at my job.
2: But if you broke it down hourly, are you putting in the same amount of time for the same amount of time? Yeah, so for the – it's all like –
1: it's so hard to measure because a lot of times like I'll space it out so weirdly or like I'll just do it like when a deal comes in like whether it's something that I've been looking at or something that will come in through my network. If it gets... Like, as soon as it comes across, just because I'm interested in it, I'll start running the numbers on it and seeing if it's something I'm... Okay. So it's like a gray
0: area, kind of what constitutes work and not work?
1: Right. And, and like, honestly, like... So there's there's that side of it. Then there's, like... Like, I wear, like, 15 different hats. So, like, I'm doing... I'll be looking at new deals. I'll be managing existing ones. But, like, that all... Like, each, each deal has so many components to it. Like, I'll be coordinating things on, like, the legal side with the attorney who's Michael Stern's dad. Oh, really? Yeah. Um the <laughs> uh, I'll, like handle like insurance, I'll handle financing, I'll handle finding the deal, dealing with the agents uh and then the construction side and then like like there's so many and then so that's just like on one deal and then all the while I'm trying to I'm trying to build a pipeline. This is like kind of why I'm bringing on this guy. I'm trying to build a pipeline so to the point where I have deals coming to me at all times regardless of whether or not i'm actively seeking them out right so you don't have to work as often you kind of just it's right. all there right i'm trying to create like inbound deal flow as opposed to like you yeah. do, do after
0: it you're doing like tim Ferriss strategy like trying to I outsource do. some things <laughs> yeah uh, that was one of the things i wrote down for like potential topics this Is this is my list here um like how much of an influence is tim Ferriss's or, like the four hour work week stuff on what you're doing is that is it like do you want, do you want to answer that now or do you want to
1: answer it while we're on the air <laughs>
0: No, this, we're this, we're recorded. <laughs> this, this is the this is, this is the best part of the podcast where I've been recording the whole time, and then whoever it is, seriously, we've been going know for. That. I, going for uh,
1: not, know that. This is not minutes preamble. <laughs> I was actually, actually going to ask that. Um, all right, well, I'm glad that we got that out of the way. Yeah, yeah, so right, that's I just, just a little background on,
2: who, on who you are.
0: Um, we can always edit. I actually haven't had to edit a lot, because people are just, like, normal humans, and don't right. just, like... I ma- mean, the authenticity themselves of the in real conversations, yeah. yeah. But, yeah,
1: do you want to so, talk about this? So, <laughs> so Stephen, We are on the air. Um, alright, so... Want to repeat the question so that I... Yeah, repeat. great.
0: Um, <laughs> how much of an influence is Tim Ferriss on your... Basically, your entire life?
1: Um, he is my entire life. Okay. Um, no, <laughs> in, I mean, in, like, a sexual It's not <laughs> Like he's definitely now had a prof- recording will just be weird. <laughs> um, gotta step it up a notch. Um he's definitely had a pro- profound impact on like the way I think and on just the way I approach everything. Mm-hmm. But it's not something like it's not like every day I wake up thinking, like, what would Tim Ferris do? Uh huh. Um yeah. I think it's just I've been exposed to so much of his work and so much of his mentality that it's almost ingrained in me to to just think in a similar fashion. So I'm always just, it's really just like kind of a relentless pursuit of optimizing whatever I'm doing. So if it's, whether it's like trying to find a better way to source deals or trying to find a better way to manage a project or trying to just come up with a better overall strategy that's going to govern how like every project that we're going to take on. um, I think that's, that's been a direct result of like the amount I've been exposed to him. Mm -hmm. Um, Having said that, there are certain things that, like, I still listen to his podcast religiously. I still, like, have read his books recently enough that I re- remember a lot of the things that he's taught and, like, I've read his blog post recently. Yeah. Um, and anytime I do read something, it's pretty easy to create some kind of connection to what I'm doing I mean, on a day-to-day right. basis. So then if I read something and it's fresh in my mind, then I'll try to figure out a way to implement it into what I'm doing.
0: Your work style, though, is, it's, like, the perfect type of employment like the line of employment for what he preaches,
1: like yes if you know, are,
0: are your own problem. boss, you can like sort of implement his right. strategies.
1: I mean, that's always been my long-term goal. One of the toughest things, though, and I think this is this is one thing I struggle with when I listen to a lot of what he espouses, is the fact that he, he's. I think he's geared more towards like the tech entrepreneur, or more toward right. like the yeah. like a more conventional business where there's a little more there's a little more scalability, and there's a little more um, it's like more of a com- commodity component to it, whereas what I'm doing is inherently localized and it's a lot harder to scale something that is so, like, no two houses are the same no two markets are the same no two equity partners are the same so it's really hard to standardize things in that respect but I I guess from that standpoint I have tried to do some things where like, will We'll reuse the same thing. Like if we find something that works well, we'll stick with it, and we'll try to figure out a way to systematize it, and know that like the, if we're if we're using it on one project, we want to know how we can replicate it on the next one if it worked. Yeah. So yeah. that's similar,
2: but that's, that's the whole Ferris thing is just efficiency in your processes, right. right? I haven't read a lot of Tim Ferris, but I think a lot of what he preaches is in line with the philosophers that I've studied, <laughs> like as? the people. Uh, the the great Joe Rogan. (laughs) No, just like, uh, you know, general general advice around, like, how to, like, a big topic we cover is going against the 9 to 5 and, like, finding a career that works for you and trying to implement you know, strategies in your life and not just, like, bucking against conformity and what is expected. And I, I think, I, I we back up a little bit and go into, like, how you got into this process? Because you, you were working at Wells Fargo. Yeah, right. I so see you're 9 to 5. That's yeah, like well, this carpet. is, like, topics. So, yeah, Brandon, the other guest we had, he just quit his job and he didn't have a plan for it. So, like, how did you kind of come to the decision, like, all right, I'm going to quit my job or this is what I'm really passionate about. So I've wanted to do this since I was, like, 10 or 11. Oh, okay. It's been a weird that's been a dream. As <laughs> soon as
1: I realized I wasn't going to be a professional basketball player or a baseball player, I figured I'd go for something a little more attainable. You were able to make it till 10 or 11 <laughs> before that? <laughs> True story. I, I, I used to yell at my mom for not marrying a black guy. Because I said that was when my chances... Wow. That's how so you I thought you just, it would be you, just, right.
0: darker it you just like darker like skin. It would just
1: take me to the next level. Uh, uh-huh, sure. Yeah. Um, we might want to edit that portion out. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, if, you, if
0: you want. We can always go back.
1: Yeah, no worries. Um, Anyway, so... I've wanted to do it for a really long time. I always had it ingrained in my mind that I was going to be an entrepreneur in some aspect. and um, So I, I thought real estate was going to be the avenue for that. And so when I was in high school, I really didn't give a shit about school because I always knew in the back of my mind I was going to be a real estate investor or a real estate developer and I didn't think that there was any prerequisite to have like a fancy degree or any type of like impressive scholastic background. So, i wasn't too focused on that, and I think in some ways it was good because it wasn't there wasn't like a total lack of motivation. it was just that I was going to focus on the things that I wanted to focus on um, anyway, so which that is what was, kids
2: should do right? really. yeah, you right? should build certain skills rather than fucking calculus you know? right. Right. and yeah, well, people need more <laughs> well, if you're going to be a scientist, yeah, those are important. But anyway cool. go ahead anyway so
1: <laughs> so that was kind of my that was my mindset when I was in middle school and high school, I guess. Um, And then I got to college, still knew I wanted to do real estate, but I really got caught up in the whole, like, uh, just in the whole environment that I was in. Everyone was working their ass off to try to get a job, and it was like... Were you at the business school at Maryland? Yeah. We all went to Maryland for listeners who are interested in that, and we're also watching the Maryland game while doing this. And I'm surprised that it took 14 minutes into the game (laughs) for that to be noted. Yeah. Um, So... Yeah, so I went to Maryland. I was in the business school there, and there was a lot of like kind of measuring up against one another. Oh yeah, everyone was trying to get like the better, a better job than their friends and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, that was, I I don't know that there was necessarily a component of competitiveness there, but I definitely saw all of my friends who were in the business school applying for jobs and getting pretty good jobs locked up prior to graduating. Mm-hmm. So while I saw everyone else on that path, I kind of. Caved on my morals and decided I was going to do the same thing, oh. and so I had a few internships that were real estate related, but weren't necessarily taken with the intent of translating into a job later on. Um, more so, just to get some some good background for what I thought I wanted to do. But then, as I was going into my senior year, I started or I started looking for real estate related jobs. Came across my the the listing at Wells Fargo that I ended up taking and it was a good enough offer at the time that I felt like I'd be stupid to not at least try it out. Um, so that, that was like in the, f- the first few months of my senior year. So I wrote out the rest of the senior year then started in June. And within a few months, I remembered why I never wanted to do that in the first place. <laughs> you worked there for a while after that though, right? Yeah, I worked, I worked there for like three years post-college. Um, so I was, a, I was a true veteran. <laughs> and so after that, so after a few months, realized it wasn't for me, very briefly looked at other job opportunities, decided that that wasn't gonna make me happy either. And so probably about six months into work there, I decided that I wanted my next move to be to go out on my own. So I spent the next like year or so kind of laying the groundwork for that. Ultimately got into my first deal um, and... While from, you were still working at Wells Fargo? While I was still working, got into my first deal, was trying to juggle that project with working full-time, which was a pain in the ass, because one thing I've learned in this business is your success is going to be, at least when you don't totally know what you're doing, if you don't have a system in place, your success, success is going to be directly proportionate to the amount of time you spend at your project and spend being immersed right. in everything. Yeah. So it's, it's like, totally like hard a sales-ish thing. job where you like really need to It was more so the management going. of it, like... Okay. I was I was banking on other contractors on contractors getting shit done so and you if, need to and like, they were press just, them to do it right and I mean, it's, I mean it, a lot of it was just due to having a shitty first contractor um, I gave him too much control and he just took it and abused it mm. um, so from there I decided like I realized I needed to be a little more hands on which was also good because not only did it get get things done faster but I learned a lot more by being. More involved in what was going on. Um, then soon thereafter, um, my brother started. My brother got into it with me, and he started to started to think that he wanted to do something along those lines too. He ended up getting his license and joined up with Brett, who I had bought my first place through. So my brother was on the agency side. Um, I was still working, but I was handling the the other side of the business um, on the projects that we were working on and we were all the while pursuing other things and then I just finally got fed up with the my nine to five and with that uh, aspect of my life (laughs) (laughs) and so kind of on a whim like it all happened really fast like I, I always knew that my end goal was to leave there and to do my own thing but I went from it's going to happen at some point down the line to it might happen tomorrow really fast. And yeah. finally just decided to make the move. Um, what was it, like six
0: months ago or more, even more recent than that? It was in
1: June. Okay. I think like June 3rd or something was my last day. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I just... Uh, at at a certain point, I just came to the realization that even though the timing wasn't ideal and that there were going to be some bumps in the road, there, it, there was never going to be an easier time to make it happen. Like, my... The cost of not having steady income now is way less than what it might be. Right, you You don't have any dependents. You're on your own. Right. So, um, yeah. So, I made the move. Slowly but surely been adjusting to it. Mm. And eight or so months later, I think I finally found my footing. That's pretty
2: interesting. Um, Like, the people at this table. So, it sounds like you were pretty pretty sad like you, it doesn't sound like you were f- afraid of your decision or like worried about it. I mean I'm sure there was some I mean, apprehension there were, there was with
1: definitely, it. yeah there's definitely some trepidation with
2: but it. you had a plan at least you like had you, like a
1: pretty formulated yeah
2: plan. you weren't like going out on your own with right. no, with no idea you're, which is kind of like if you put the context <laughs> of this table like you quit your job <laughs> knowing what you're gonna do Mies quit his job just to <laughs> figure it out and do whatever I'm sitting here wanting to quit my job, but too afraid to lose my income. So, so we're all you haven't of... said it on the on the radio yet. This uh, is the first God. time. Don't tell my boss. <laughs> um,
0: your boss listens, I guess. Oh like,
2: uh, God, that'd be great. Maybe she'll give me a subscriber
1: on on iTunes. Um. Yeah, I think so. If not, we'll be sure to send him. <laughs> all right,
0: sure. Yeah, fuck it. Anyone can subscribe, but yeah, I think we can just like tell them. Yeah, I will we'll use a send pseudonym
2: up. this episode. But, um, yeah, Daniel Stan <laughs> Standarsh. Yeah, that's me. Um, no, yeah, but I think it's it's pretty interesting because I, I mean, our whole our whole thing, I, I think I said all right, is like, not wanting to, be part of the nine to five, and when you talk about. The culture in Smith, which was the business school at Maryland, I was not a Smith student, but I, I completely understand that pressure and that kind of, uh, you know, dick measuring that you were, you were talking about there. Everybody, we had, I had a couple friends in there, but like I took a couple classes in there and everybody was super competitive and super like into like I'm going to have the best possible job lined up right after college, which when you think about it, that's what you're ingrained to one such a rigid mindset. Yeah. But like if you're you're telling a kid in middle school, like this is what you should do. You should, you know, work your ass off middle school and high school, study hard for the SAT, get into a great school, pursue what you want to do and have a great job lined up right out of college. And you would say, okay, that makes perfect sense. There's nothing wrong with telling a kid that. But then at the same time you know, it wasn't that rewarding for you. Uh, we have another friend who did that, and he's got a great job. He's making a lot of money, but he, I think he hates his life right now because he took on too much work. And it's like, how many other kids followed that path of what they were, quote-unquote, supposed to do? And it turned out being, like, a, a huge, you know, error. Right. I think,
1: I think a lot of my friends, I mean, I can't speak to exactly how they feel about this, but I think on paper, a lot of my friends have very good jobs, but I would venture to say that 75% of them are unhappy or at the very at the very least not enthused about the work they do right and i think there is i mean i think it's pretty clear that there's a problem with that i think even going back to what you were saying before about how we're kind of trained to think this way um i i like i remember in middle school we were always told like do your work a certain way or act a certain way because they're not going to put up with In high school, high school, right? right? Yeah, and then they are in high school, you're, you're just they're just you are not going to get away with it in college. college. In college, in college they're, they're like, the you're not going to get away with it in the real <laughs> yeah, world. Yeah, they're
2: always prepping you for the next well, fucking Well, actually, shot, you like. maybe
1: can get away with it in the
2: real world. Right. <laughs> <And then laughs> exactly. When you get into
1: the real world, you realize that all of that was bullshit. Right. You can do whatever the fuck you want. Right. I think there was more expected of me in middle school than there was in high school. Yeah,
0: I know, right? It's, um... It's interesting, too, that you talk about, like, people being miserable in their jobs, but there's no way to distinguish the part that's miserable just from the job and the part that's miserable from not having control over your own life, to, like, right. be stuck on this path. Because even for me, like, I I don't know if I've talked to you since then. I quit my job, like, a month ago. I was only working for I think three I months. Right, right. Um, I think this is probably the third
1: time I've seen you and you've... Every time
0: you a different job each I've had four jobs since college. One was an internship, so that was I didn't That quit. was your favorite one though, right? Yeah, 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 Trackman baseball. Shout out to Trackman. That was awesome.
1: <laughs> doing this episode.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> we'll give them the free. I'm gonna press. have some of them on soon that still work there. Um no, but the other three jobs I've had, um I got fired from one where the company went out of business and then the other two I quit and I think the longest I've held any of those jobs was ten months and Three years, I've had four jobs that lasted like a year and a half total. Um, so yeah, like I quit. Also for like that's an some... record, by
1: the
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just like linger on that for a second. Um, Let that sink in. Let yeah. Uh... <laughs> so I guess what I'm doing is like filtering out what I don't like. Um, like there's some commonalities between me and you where it's like the the, the search for having control over your day is huge. So it's not just, like, having a job that's more efficient for your time. Because, like, for for you, you're now doing something where you like the work and it's, like, easier work and more manageable work. I mean, right. maybe not yet because it's new, but in the long run, it'll be, no, like... I a, mean, even,
1: even better, right now, I would say that that fits. Yeah. yeah that's true.
0: Um, but beyond just the work aspect, like, people are happier when they can do what they want to do. That's definitely overlooked. Like, what's the point of making a bunch of money... When the end goal is happiness, where like could couldn't you just circumvent it and like try to find the happiness and the work and like find some balance right away right? right. Like ages right. forty-five to sixty are not more important than ages twenty-five to forty-five. If anything, they're less important. Right. Because twenty-five to forty-five is now. You don't even figure. know if right. you're gonna make it to that. Exactly. Like you might die yeah. before that. Yeah. Who the right. hell knows?
1: Exactly. So it's been about ten minutes since we mentioned Tim Ferriss' effect on my life. Yeah. So I <laughs> I thought it was about time Let's bring it
0: back. All we all always mention back. our role models like a lot. <laughs> Joe Rogan comes up Sam every Harris. episode. Sam Harris all, the, Sam Sam all the time.
1: Yep. Um. So I think one other one other facet in which he's impacted me is. I think one of his like overarching themes as well is like lifestyle design, and mm-hmm. that's been a big component of what i of why I wanted to do this because ultimately my goal is everything I'm doing now I'm doing with an eye towards ultimately rolling whatever money I make now into rental properties to hold in perpetuity, and the reason for that is because that provides passive income that is realized whether on whether or not I'm actively working right so the whole, like, the bigger picture goal is to reach a point where I have X amount, X amount in passive income every month that is not tied to my most valuable asset, which is my time, right. and to where I can live comfortably off of that. And then if I want to work, I'm truly working because I want to be pursuing whatever project I'm going after, not because I have to do that just to make ends meet.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. So, it definitely again, is it's like a better lifestyle just in general. Right. So, again, Tim Ferriss, plug. Yeah, uh, Tim Ferriss Tim Ferriss, Tim Ferriss probably Tim Ferriss. really appreciates that we're plugging him on this podcast right. that I don't know maybe a hundred people are listening to he right needs now. <laughs> he needs the press he
1: needs our press right. um it's nice that he mutually regards us as such strong influences yeah right as well. thanks Tim Ferriss for shouting giving yeah. shout outs to us on your things also anyway um so yeah I mean I would agree with just about everything you said um I think there's. I I know I personally have such a longing for Thanks. control and for just being in the driver's seat. Like I'm I'm a stubborn enough piece of shit to think that if someone else is doing something that I should be doing. I, like I always think I can be doing it better. And yeah. Whether or not I want to be doing it better is another story. But or whether or not I want to be doing it at all is another story. But. I like to be the one, like, I like to be accountable, I like to, like, kind of bear that burden on my shoulders, and not just have somebody telling me what to do, and dictating what my responsibilities are on any given day.
2: I think everybody kind of feels that way to a certain extent, like, the things you're saying are things I've said in my head at work many, many times, Um, but I think, like, the difference is in how motivated you are, like, the... The idea of being an entrepreneur and being my own boss and working for myself—that's very appealing to me. But I, it kind of scares the shit out of me too because I know, like, if I wasn't being held accountable by someone like a boss or an organization or something like that, I don't know if I would do the work. I might just like lay around if and have, sit on my ass. Well, I can all tell around. you what it's like. <laughs> if, you're interested. Um, if you have, it, it's really not as
1: hard as you think if you have like even a rough plan in your head. Because I mean, I know. For me personally, there was, like, a period of my life where when I had a free day, I would just not do a fucking thing. Yeah. but College. I think... Right. But I think now being... (laughs) All of college. Once once I got used to, like, work life and having to kind of be productive with my time or I realized how valuable my free time was, that was enough of a fire burning under my ass that when I did have the opportunity, I wanted to take full advantage of it. So now I wake up every day and, like, granted, I'm not the most motivated in the mornings at the very least. Like, I'll... There are some days where I'll wake up and... Ease into my day and not actually start doing things till like 11 or noon. But I'm, you know, if, if there's something that I have to do, I'll do it. And right. if not, then it's just stuff that I'm doing. Like I might start at 11 or I might start at noon. But anything that's anything that's pressing, I'll get done. And <coughs> and there's always and there's always like an eye towards the bigger picture. And that kind of that's like my guiding light every day or every week. To did we just? No, he almost did a half-court half shot.
2: Nah. And I, up one and half but I think that's that's an important way to do it. I mean, that's how I thrive and work. It's with to-do lists and prioritizing the most important tasks. Right. Um, and I, I mean, I I think that's an effective way of doing it. As long as you know it needs to be done, like, yeah, I agree with you. But I think I'm the kind of person who needs someone to kind of give, like, tell me, like, all right, these are the most important tasks. Like, this is what your to-do list is for the week. This is what priority right. list is ordered. Yeah. See, I like
1: I like being the one to dictate that I don't yeah. like when it's coming from something yeah, I don't trust stuff.
2: myself enough to be able to figure it out
1: <laughs> you, I mean
2: but I'm sure if I was out there on right, my own well, I could I enjoy it it just
1: takes a little bit of like focus on right. it because like like there are a lot of times where I'll, I'll sit there and just not like not be actively working towards anything mm. and then and then usually it'll there'll be something that the stress gets to,
0: hits you and then right, and starting. then I'll be like
1: alright I need to like take a, take a step back turn off my computer turn off like put my right. phone on mute or go to the other room and just like Scratch out like a quick to do list or Scra-
2: that's what you call it? Scratch, scratch it
1: out. <laughs> a quick to do list is my right hand. And um I don't know. What I what I find is once I gain a little bit of momentum, I know in sports momentum. No, it, it works there. here it's okay. No, productivity. <laughs> I, I won't destroy you. you for the word. It, it works sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> physics. But yeah, once once I get a little bit of momentum in terms of working, whether it's just like even if it's just, like, opening up my email. Sometimes, like, there's one thing that'll, like, open up a can of worms that'll be a good can of worms. Yeah. And then it'll just lead to, like, a... It'll kind of get me into a flow state where I'm just banging at work left and right. Flow state. Flow, yeah. State. Yeah. flow state. Yeah. I like, like that. Uh,
0: great. I can, um...
1: I can relate
0: based on two different life experiences to what Sturm's talking about with like not finding motivation right away and to what Ryan's talking about with like when you actually have something you're doing you you just do it even if no one's telling you to like with the sports betting thing like uh, all of my income was tied into how much I mean obviously how the teams were playing but like the research and like the amount that I would monitor the lines like the thing I most related to is um There was no one making me check Basketball Monster and Rotoworld for injury updates all day long. But, like, if I didn't do that, I would miss potential opportunities that were, like, definite moneymakers. It became
2: routine for you.
0: Right. Like, I need to be awake at 9 a.m., even if I went to bed at 3 or 4 a.m., to know that there was going to be an injury update to where LeBron could be downgraded from questionable to doubtful. Like, to know that, like, I had to be on that. And that's, like, potentially hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars just for that. Yeah. I mean, that could be the difference in, like, the Cavs having a 60% chance of covering to 40% chance of covering or whatever it is. So, like, if you have a tangible outcome that you're looking at then it's it's definitely much easier to stay on top of your shit. Right. But like in other times, I won't even say now because I, like, I have a loose idea of what I'm doing right now with like the podcast and blog and whatever. It's more like in between. But there have been other times where I've just been strictly not working and doing nothing. And in those times, like yeah, I could be looking for jobs or I could be doing whatever, but I would just like, yeah, if I had the free day, I would just have the free day and not do shit. So I totally get that fear. I guess the idea is... You don't need a firm direction entirely to like be productive, but you need you need something. You need yeah. something to do because yeah, let's say someone who has a job just quits and the only thing that they have going for them is that they might find a new job. Right. There's gonna be plenty of days where you just watch Netflix for thirteen right. fucking hours and don't do anything. But, like, I'm sure that's what you're concerned about if you don't. <laughs> I feel more. like
1: that I mean, would be all of my days. It also, like, it also <laughs> helps. Like for me, one of the big thing, one of the big things was taking it seriously enough to the point where. I was like fully invested in it not just from the standpoint of like being invested in actual projects but I had spent so many like countless hours at like networking events and mm-hmm. trying to trying to just meet people who were in that same world so that by the time I made the jump I had enough people that like I don't want to say they were like accountability partners but just like people who people who I could check in with who could, who I could kind of relate to and there were people who I just just from like even just from like seeing them in my Facebook feed or seeing them yeah. like they were present enough that it was like a constant reminder of what I should be doing, and it again was just kind of that like sometimes it was just that extra kick in the ass that I needed to get myself back on the right track.
0: I actually I listened to your um, other podcast with Grind um, Daily. Was that, that is that, that the one? site? Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to Carson Sweezy.
1: Okay, you're
2: the man, Carson.
1: We stole Ryan from you. He's our guest now. Yeah, and uh, you guys, I will say one thing: you guys have done a better job with is uh, when you type in "grind deli" and like you type in the first five letters, so the first so, thing that comes up is "grinder." Ooh. ooh. So, so I did, you don't encounter that problem with preaching sense. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, so kudos yeah, yeah, yeah. to you guys on that. Well, <laughs> well, yeah, we picked a better name. <laughs> Fred. No. Um, and they do refer to their guests as "grinders" also. So they do. So, right? Ooh, you're they do. you're a I actually asked about that. I said, "Did I, like has anybody?" Has anybody, like, questioned you on that? Has anybody brought that up? And I think he said that was the first. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> That's surprising. surprising.
2: We don't want to throw shade on Grand Daily here, <laughs> though, but, uh...
0: It's an interesting name. Interesting, anyway, yeah. uh, the thing when I was listening to the other one that caught my attention that kind of relates to what you were talking about is... Um, Surrounding yourself with people that right. sort of like maybe not role models but like will positively influence right. you because you mentioned the quote where it's like I think it's a Tim Ferriss quote, but it's like <laughs> you're you are like the summation of the five people that yeah, you're, like your five closest, closest friends. Right. I don't fully agree with the quote because like you can have friends I think it's and like like a, act like right, them, but I, it's sort of like a loosely right, like it sort of fits it kind right. of right. The, the message
1: there is it matters who you spend your time with, right. so
2: well, I think it's yeah, well, when you think about who you're spending your time with, I don't think it's just exclusively. To the people you physically interact with—that's so what it I could mean. be. Like yeah. Tim Ferriss is probably one right. of the five right. people I like, like you know, spend the most time with. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Joe Rogan is the single person. Exactly. Said, but, so it's like all yeah. the philosophies you're subscribing to, and like the the thought process, because okay. we our minds are developed from the world around us, and how we perceive situations is based on experiences. And when you go through an experience with somebody else. You're you're sharing that with each other, and you're kind of you're building on that together. So I mean, you know, we're growing together, and you know, we're thinking about things the same way. And when you discuss it, it's kind of like how the media presents things. It's like how your friends are presenting things. It's it's warped. It's not what you originally thought of it. But I like that quote too because it kind of shows you how you got to be thinking. Right. As long as you don't use it literally, because it
1: doesn't. really like like I, I, you definitely should not be walking around with like a checklist of like your fave 5 and, yeah. at any point and just be like are they measuring up today no nope, i'm going <laughs> to I have to ditch this for him yeah. with me <laughs> it was funny
2: when I, I actually read that i was i didn't listen to the pod yet but i um i was reading like your quotes and i saw that and i was like wow i, I like that like who are my 5 <laughs> like i was trying to go through i couldn't really yeah, I've I never to, like, actually can,
1: i've never even like consciously thought about it but uh-huh. it is definitely like in the back of my mind where I, even I don't know. I, it just it just really reinforces the impact of your environment and the people that you like whether it's like the people who you're physically with, the people you're talking to, mm-hmm. the people who you follow on Facebook or the podcasts that you listen yeah. to. Like it all it all adds up, it all kind of like I was the framework.
0: Thinking of it in the sense that you were like more in the sense that you were explaining it where it's like the people that you network with or the people you listen to, like, don't watch SportsCenter, listen to, like, Sam Harris or something. Right. Or whatever. I mean, if you find him boring or whatever. Another person. Tim Ferriss <laughs> for you, for right. example. Like, actually get put ideas in your sense. head that are smart. Or preaching sense. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, that's that's so important. Because so, so many people just mindlessly take advice from people who they're just used to taking advice from. Yeah. And there's just no reason that you need to fill your head with these less than ideal ideas because yeah I mean you should be you don't have to not be friends with someone because they're not in your top five but you you can (laughs) you can stop asking their opinion on every decision that you ever make well you should be careful with that that stuff at least
2: but sometimes you don't really have a choice because like I was thinking another thing about work and like employment it's like while I was going through my file I was like yo like fucking people I work with are like in here I would consider them close friends but this is something that always bothers me too is when you think about a 9 to 5 job 40 hours a week like you're spending with the same people and it's like, who else do you spend 40 hours a week right. with? <laughs> no life? one. Like, I don't spend 40 okay. hours a week with my girlfriend, like, or my closest right. friend Even if you're married, like you Yeah. You spend 40 hours
0: a week with your wife. Yeah. At least not 40
1: waking hours. A week. Right. <laughs> right. Right.
2: <laughs> but it's like, these are the closest people and they're influ- influencing you whether you like it or not. And I would say, like, in my five, like, my manager is definitely one of them. And while, you know, we get along, we have a good relationship, I'm not necessarily, necessarily sure. Like, I would want <laughs> that person yeah, to be in my it's nice fire. that you're now
1: cognizant that he's going to be being sent to this.
2: It's a she, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you're
2: off on that this one This is really
0: already. fun for me. Like, I'm, I'm ecstatic that this is coming up right now. This is so awesome. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> someone's another... going to be able to, st- to, like, hang
1: out with me during the day if this like, oh, leads God. to you getting fired. If it leads to me
2: getting fired, it was meant to be. Yeah, <laughs> one, one last sure, thing on that whole sure. note.
1: Um, I, one thing I been like, talking to a, a lot of my friends, I'm always so out of the loop when it comes to, like, TV shows. And this is one of the primary reasons why. Like, I don't... Aside from, like, when I really need to decompress, I don't watch a lot of TV. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I haven't had a TV in the living room for, like, six months now. Oh, like, wow. I have a TV in my room, and I have, like, Netflix and... Right, and shit right. Out there with, but, like, I don't... I I don't carve out time specifically to watch that. It's, like, if I'm really burnt out from, like, a long day of doing work or just, like, I need to sit down and, like do nothing and have my mind in a vegetative state then yeah. I'll put something on you don't um you but don't, I don't you priori- like I definitely don't for work no I, d- I definitely don't prioritize TV the o- <laughs> yeah. literally the only thing that I prioritize watching on television is Maryland and now Planet Earth
2: <laughs> oh, fuck yeah Shout out to Planet Earth David, uh, here, here, David Attenborough You're the watch man Oh, I love Planet Earth So good so But You um, don't, you you don't, don't get watch really high, watch
1: Planet mean? Earth And then watch <laughs> Planet Earth 2 after that
2: okay, okay Because Planet Earth
1: 2 Is like 10 years more modern So it's like
2: The human planet's good too That, that was the season in between
1: Okay, what about life? I've been like I'm like life? halfway through life Is that Life's
2: Planet changing. Earth? Or it's also David like, Attenborough. Is it's it? It's just so dope. I mean, not yeah. just for when you're stoned, but just right. in general.
1: I've honestly, I've never even watched it high, but I have watched it really not high, oh, and man. it's amazing. So I can only imagine how good it is really high. It's maybe do like one of these. <laughs> 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 um, <laughs> yeah, I've also never been yeah, high go. before, listeners. Oh yeah,
0: I, <laughs> me I, neither. No, I don't have. I don't have an employer, so I'll. I'll, I'll you can just put it all on me, like I'm the one
2: who smoked.
1: Yeah,
0: I I spoke for three of
2: us Well, oh, I think that's an interesting topic to go over too. Is like what you're saying. When do people find time to watch all these TV shows? Right. And it's something I, I have like, a lot of time. if you
1: add the, if you <laughs> add up the amount of time the average person spends watching TV, it's astounding. Yeah, it's uh, astounding. like the number is astounding, and then it's also like even more astounding if you realize what other things like the opportunity right. Cost out of that time. Yeah. yeah, like
2: break down your work. Like you not your work week, just your week. And like I was doing it for myself. It's like all right, I'm spending this much time at work. And then when I'm getting out of work, what am I using that time for? Like, yeah, I work out and I spend a lot of time, like, cooking dinner. But then every other hour is, like, reading dumb shit on the internet right. or, Staying like, watching dumb Facebook, TV like, shows. I do that so yeah, and I'm thinking, like, what if I was setting aside time to read, you know, growth stuff or, like, right. learn about a subject yeah, usually or, or play the sex. guitar <laughs> or, like, do something that would, like, improve me physically?
1: I try to start my day with, like, I'll make, I'll make coffee, sometimes I'll make breakfast, and I'll usually enjoy that and ease into my day. With a podcast or two, yeah. While I'm doing all of that, mm-hmm. and it's just like I, I do the same I, thing, yeah. right? I, I I need that, like I need that kind of mental stimulation because that yeah. just kind of gets my mind going and gets my mind like awakened,
2: right? Awaken, but at the same time, another awaken. thing I realized, I think like yesterday, it kind of like dawned on me, is that I'm feeling a lot of my empty quiet moments with someone else's thoughts like I was like laying in bed last night and it was like it was like 11 30 I go to bed around 11 30 midnight every night and I was like oh, I'm not that tired yet let me put on a podcast just while I'm falling asleep and I was listening to it and I was like what if I just like took the time to sit here and think to myself like not just yes. quite meditate yeah, but I, just yeah, like I play, I, reflect yeah, right, on things right. like that and I was like why am I filling my thoughts with someone else's you know bullshit on Russia like yeah, you've been reading about. the blog
0: haven't you um, that's
2: uh, something I do sure yeah <laughs> um, but yeah like if people just took time to sit and reflect on their own day and like yeah. their own personal growth areas like how much more productive could you be in that if you were devoting time I, guess, I mean Ferris probably advocates for like time um, you know management he advocates well, meditation so. probably yeah. 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 yeah I mean I have yeah. definitely
1: started meditating from Tim Ferris it's been yeah. about 10 minutes I think I got it from Sam Harris I'm sure it's from yeah, he, whatever they're all Tim, yeah. Sam Harris has been on Tim Ferriss. yeah time.
2: I don't meditate, right. And I
1: think he, he's actually, um, Tim Ferriss has, I think, referred to Sam Harris as meditation. Gu- is it a guy he has, in has a meditation, guided meditation. Yeah, he's yeah, I, to think he's, I
0: think he has an app now where he's making an app. Or, What's it called? Um, I, I, don't, no, I, don't I don't know. I don't know. It's a meditation app. <laughs> no, no.
1: Some, some Sam no, 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 Harris I don't,
0: fan. I don't think he has. <laughs> he hasn't released it yet. Okay. That's Yeah. I'm a Sam Harris yeah. fan, fine. Opposer, <laughs> yeah, I'm a poser. See, um, <laughs> yeah right? not a poser. I listen to him like every single day. The one, oh, um, the direction I listen to been... more Sam Harris than Sam Harris does. That's I don't think definitely... that's possible. That guy <laughs>
2: listens to more shit. Than...
0: Stern thinks Sam Harris is like really, really narcissistic for some reason, and I just don't see it. I he was a dick to Hannibal on this one podcast. He was not my favorite. favorite.
1: He was not my favorite interview on I'm the fair show. Him. I,
0: he, he has a boring way of speaking. Yeah, I think I that, that I think that
1: might be what it is because like I've I've. When I've heard him referenced in other ways, where it's like, oh, Sam Harris says blank, blank, and blank, I'm like, oh, that's so interesting, but it's not interesting to me right. what he says it. If it's relayed <laughs> from someone else right. who is interesting, <laughs> yeah. then it's I just, like, I think wow, I just don't point. like the
2: messenger, but I like the message. That's right. Right. so important in how messages are spread, too, is the personality of the messenger, really. and like, right. your writing personality, your podcasting personality, people aren't going to take on to it if they don't like you.
0: That's why I'm doing uh, open mic nights, so I can try to be more entertaining. Personable. I started doing stand-up last right. month. Just like Maxwell's and Mulligans world. and Hoboken's yeah. Let Just me know if like I can be more play Interesting. Well, I'm I'm waiting on uh, on Brett to give me the okay. But at some point when he does one of his shows, I'm gonna like do intermission.
2: Open to oh, so okay. maybe,
0: maybe I'll open for Brett at his at Hoboken Bar show that he's doing. That'd be great. Maybe I don't know. Oh, I don't know if it's happening. Friday soon.
2: night to see Brett and Misa so everybody. It's gonna be really well, 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 For sure, it's Brett, but
0: I don't know if I'm doing it yet or not. Probably I'm probably still practicing. You to do that. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't, also know. Like we're, so I don't know.
1: Also, uh, worth noting, uh, we're recording at Sturm's so that Brett can continue to practice for Friday's big night. Yeah, we've left the apartment to give him the acoustics <laughs> of the apartment to himself. You mean the studio? The, the
0: studio that you live yeah, in? Yeah, the 205 Hudson Studio. Right. We That's support so. you, Brett. Um, <laughs> see you Friday. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, um, let's move in this. I guess this will be the last direction so we can cut this off before. <laughs> is the, that the
1: last direction or the last direction?
0: that's funny erection let's all yeah let's do one more i hope i haven't had my last direction <laughs> um i can't remember my last direction <laughs> but yeah we'll we'll Ugh. finish this off equally uh, <laughs> concerning <laughs> what that's weird should we, we talk about I
2: that no just, just kidding i have one we, right I have our last continue. direction will be gold Farm's <laughs> last, last direction, direction. <laughs> and go what do you Sir, got on gold um all right let's move on kids
0: We've done. We've done. Yeah, we can probably do another we 10, 20 keep minutes. Going. <laughs> Still feels um, fresh. But what I want to talk about is Ryan has fit this trend that seems like almost every one of our friends has hit where we just like don't watch sports anymore. I mean, aside from our one or two favorite teams, I know especially for for you and for a lot of other people who would have described themselves as enormous sports fans in their childhood and watched like every NBA game on national TV or whatever just to completely
1: not do that anymore and be out of the loop on so many things like you're I, in that now also so yeah so I don't know if that's a product of me being of me like prioritizing work in my career or if it's more so so the way I compare the two is I am a die hard Maryland basketball and Maryland football fan Maryland and football too. Maryland yeah, like I, I, oh, love, I love I love DJ Durkin. I could not be more excited about the future of Maryland football oh, and, you're I, never, for and I never Durkin. And I never signed Durkin. That's, kind of, wow, that's got a last direction sick. for Durkin like <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean those two are like those are like my 1A and 1B. I mean Maryland basketball is obviously the priority just because it's a little more. Uh, it's better, right? It's got a higher process <laughs> Yeah, right, right. Now. right. I, I, it doesn't seem like something that's going to drive me Fuck. to insanity. Um, but I would say, I will say that because, like, since since my Maryland fanhood has blossomed, my my like I'm a Knicks fan, Yankee fan, and Jets fan, and have been since I was growing up. Uh, since I've grown to love Maryland, I think those have kind of suffered. Um, oh, you attributed some of it to going to Maryland
0: and replacing right. those people. So, right. So, right. So
1: the way the way I view it is, I was I just happened to be born in this area, and I just happened to be like my dad happened to be a Knicks, Yankees, and Jets fan, so right. that was who I adopted. Yeah. But outside of that, and and Five you know, versus people, right? On they're your
2: network. like, Like <laughs> <right. laughs> right. <laughs> um,
1: But I mean, Eric's like, there's nothing. Network. Network. Yeah. There's nothing unique around here about being. Uh, Knicks, Yankees or Jets yeah, no. whereas like I'm a Maryland fan because I went to Maryland and I have a vested interest in the university I have a vested an interest in the team outlook. and I just connect with them a lot more than I ever can to a professional sports team so I think that is probably a bigger reason why um, I still watch like professional sports especially football because it's pretty easy to be like a casual NFL fan, yeah. Although the two of us probably
0: watched three total games combined between the two of us this season. The only
2: really? game I watched start it? to finish was the Super Bowl.
0: Really? Yeah, yeah. I watched the Super Bowl and I watched the Packers Cowboys game in the playoffs, gotcha. and that was that was it. Were I watched you, nothing the whole regular season. Were you a big
2: like, fantasy guy?
1: Yeah, I mean fantasy football especially. I'm kind of like are you I still are. Really, yeah, uh, yes, but like this year especially, like this season especially was. It was a stark contrast to like prior seasons because I'm used. To, I was used to being in my office, like at my desk. Um, uh, my uh, well, like right, so fantasy just, team. Right. So it was just like it was. It would be just like a mindless crutch to just just, just scroll a world scroll or click my for, team and just right. yeah. And so it was really easy to stay on top of things this year. Like I don't think I put in like a, in any of my leagues that were waiver leagues which I think was all of them I don't think I put in like a single waiver claim because I was just never in front of my computer on a Tuesday or whenever they're due yeah, yeah. My day. and um so it kind of suffered a little bit this year. Has your fantasy baseball team suffered, you think? Because of the same... You mean because I was finished in 14th last year? Yeah.
0: Goal came in last, last I year. I think I was I, basically a survey for all worst... of my cheating and crazy right. moves. Right, yeah. I, I was the complete... You were a feeder team, my team.
2: <laughs> Collusion. <I, okay. laughs>
1: Um, yeah, no, I, I was. I was penalized already, and I think the only moves <laughs> I made were me m- hounding me, and I'm like, okay, it's easier just to make just it. Leave me alone. It
0: just it's been, um, it's been it. mine and my brother's fantasy trading strategy for our entire lives. It's just annoy the other people enough to get their players. And, and you just like, spilled
1: your secret sauce on. Uh, oh, here right now. This
0: is something I'm doing. I. Um, I'm basically going to be compromising like a lot of my secret sauce because I'm starting um, baseball podcasts soon. Nice. Um, I'm going to record one soon that's like an overall preview, and I'm actually going to do one for every single team as part of preaching sense or yeah, as, as part of it. So now I have and to it? actually do another wow. set it on the live thing. The anti- otherwise, blog's going to be on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> uh-huh. There's no one who really tweets at me as a result of this but whatever um, just yeah. wait until they have shit to call you out for right well soon when I start saying dumb things about baseball all the time but yeah it's, I think I'm going to start doing like an exclusively baseball
1: segment of this now is that because is that because you think baseball fits most closely with this or because baseball season is upcoming or because you're most passionate about baseball all of those
0: definitely I like baseball the most of any sport in terms of in terms of following like I still probably won't watch that many games is that because of the quantitative nature yeah of probably like I still like playing basketball the most in terms of any sport and the Rangers are my favorite team in sports and hockey but as far as just like being familiar with a sport basically like following a
1: sport. sport as they all yeah
0: like I I'd rather scroll through Rotoworld for MLB than than any yeah I prefer that to any other sport like the other ones all just make me angry and I don't care. Because but, they're
1: not quantitative enough? I I, I don't know. fully Football,
0: process. we've talked about this a lot, like, why football is so dumb, and Roger Goodell kind of ruins the sport, and I don't know. It's just, like, a... It's hard to root for those guys. Yeah, and it's just, like, a... It's a sport that's gener- Football is a sport that's generally watched by, like, people who are drunk, and it's, like, a pretty unintelligent overall fan base of the sport and baseball you get Modern like a day lot
1: gladiators
0: yeah exactly and baseball mm-hmm. it's like a much more intelligent thing it's like an intellectual kind of sport with more strategy I, and i just i just happened to like it i don't know it was the sport i, I played first in my life i was I, gonna say i
1: never would have really pegged you as a baseball guy
0: i actually before i joined the livingston fantasy league in 2012 i hadn't done fantasy baseball like at all since elementary school Wow. Elementary oh, school. Yeah, I, I didn't. I played baseball and I just didn't. I don't know. It's sort of a new thing. I guess I read Moneyball and I was like, I like this now. I think that's <laughs> actually a turning point for a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, exactly. I read the book and then I read the book the day before the movie came out and then I watched the movie and I was like, this is great. I'm going to do my this. entire life from here <laughs> on out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But I don't, have, I don't even have a favorite
1: team. I don't Actually, like. Did you grow up as a Yankee? Yeah, Yankee yeah, yeah. I was Which a huge
0: one? Yankee fan
2: until maybe two thousand seven. Tell you right now. No, when they won the the World Series freshman year. When they won the World Series what, freshman year of college, right? Two
0: thousand nine. Yeah, that was
2: the last year that
0: I like really cared. I think I'm the same. And then it's just like whatever, the Yankees are
2: boring. I don't know. I think like not having a favorite team makes sports more enjoyable though. I mean at least when we were like gambling and like, gambling. Advance, we like, like gambling makes
1: sports more enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe we that's what it diehard was. Diehard
2: Bills and Indians fans for like a <laughs> yeah. long time out of nowhere. But a point I made earlier when Meese and I were just talking was like I care about Maryland basketball the most too and I can care about Maryland sports. Like Maryland basketball is the only sport I watch. But I was thinking like we were talking about how dumb being devoted to a sports team is, especially right. if that team's like that doing is so shilly weird. So it's like it you're is. devoted to it and they have never done anything for you. They I mean, do not care about you at all and you're putting all of your emotion, your money, your attention, like all this shit into a like something that doesn't even know you exist. Like, it like doesn't make sense to, at all.
1: I think it goes back to like our inherent hearing- Need to feel a part of like a clan of some sort. Yeah, it's a tribalistic. And, thing. Right, right. I guess tribal. I, I guess a tribe would be more. Yeah, we want to <laughs> be part of this Maryland
2: tribe. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> um, we were part of the Maryland tribe. You know, like I we knew. By, yeah. But I think, but I think, like I think, that's why everyone
1: <laughs> likes to relate to a sports team. Sports team. It's just another. Yeah. It's just another tribe to connect with. It's, right. It's not like. It's not like they expect the players to reciprocate their yeah. feelings to, towards Please them. Please answer my tweets, or I'm not going to watch anymore. It's not
0: that. Right. It would be nice if they answered some stuff. <laughs> but I guess so. the college um, the college fandom is a little more logical, at least, because, like, you right. went there and, like, I don't mm-hmm. know, you sort of – you maybe
1: met some of the players. Like, you saw them walking
0: around, around like, campus. like if it if it you're thinking about sense. it logically,
1: like, you could – this might be a stretch, but you could think about it in a way that, like, if your sports if – if Maryland football were to suddenly get on the map, then there's going to be a flood of new uh, of new applicants to the school – And then that's going to drive up the academic standard. And then suddenly your degree is more valuable. Right. Okay. I think that's definitely a stretch. And that's not – that is definitely, for the record, that is not why I would want (laughs) Maryland to succeed. But you could – like it's a lot easier to say that I will derive some benefit from Maryland succeeding than it is for me to say I will derive some benefit from the Yankees succeeding.
0: Right. Well, at least in terms of ego, you get the benefit – you, like, you get more of that benefit, but, too. And, like,
1: most importantly, we can say, F-Maco, F-Penn State. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah,
2: that... Yeah, if it be Penn State, like, that's yeah. that's enough of a reason. Fuck that school. Yeah, like, if Maryland wins the national I championship, so I don't really know how I would feel. Like, I know I'd be really, really happy, but, like, when the Giants won the, the Super Bowl in 2008, do. like, I was so fucking pumped. Like, I felt, like, on top of the world. It was, like, one of the greatest feelings of my life. And I, now I'm thinking back on that. I was like... Why did I care so much? it's like after you see it happen and you see it happen twice, right. you lose like the will a little bit. But like if Marilyn, a little shade of Jet fans there. Oh, sorry, Jet fans. Um, oh, you guys never. I didn't win, mean sorry. it. I really. I don't know what sports do anymore. <laughs> I'm. I'm just so numb to. Well, it since, all.
1: I can assure you, since the last time you followed the NFL, the Jets still suck. Okay, that's good. Yeah, they enough. were 32 in DVOA this year. They were Ooh, that's bad. I know that. <laughs>
0: that's the last place. They're 32 teams, and they were last. <laughs> yeah. um, I want to. I mean, this isn't going to affect that many people. I want Goldfarb to explain how he's going to get his rebuilding project from his fantasy team going, just like really briefly, if you want. All right, and so we can talk about something else. So afterwards. there, there we is a little
1: time, I guess. I definitely have some bias towards like. Don't like get, it. No. Oh, come on. Um, shitty alley passes. Fuck. Did you just pause <laughs> it so you could fart? Uh,
2: that would have been a good idea. No, 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 no I just, just turned off the checking. screen. <laughs> okay. um, Farts are, farts are welcome part. on this podcast. <laughs> Encouraged, as a matter of fact.
1: Um, all right, so how am I going to get my fantasy team back on track? Mm-hmm. I'll be perfectly honest with you. I feel like I have a pretty good nucleus of young talent. And give me like some names in the core. I, I don't actually have a story. Bryce Harper, Felix, like an. Aging. I, I Bryce I think Harper's Felix young. is
0: young Corey Seager. Bryce Harper is young enough. Corey Seager is awesome. Okay. I feel like Felix is... Like, Devin Mazzaraco,
1: Wilson Contreras. Yeah.
0: Um, I don't know who these people are.
1: In aging, you know Felix Jones. Hernandez. Yeah. Adam he's he's done, is yeah.
0: in his early 30s now.
1: Yeah. He's like... I mean, I think he's still... I think he's still most definitely a fantasy asset, but I don't know that he's the the like borderline star that he once was. Yeah.
0: Do you know how to pronounce the name of the guy you just drafted first overall in our offseason draft? Because
1: I don't. <laughs> Kevin Maiten. Maiten? Maiten? Maiten. Maiten. Maiten? Maiten? Maiten. Maiten? 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 Uh To answer your question, no. Me <laughs> either. <laughs> Sir, <you> um, <laughs> no, don't. Do I have. I just pulled
0: <laughs> it's it's just like a, a, He's a Cuban, I think. I don't know. Yeah, he's Cuban, I think. Um, Are you pulling up the roster so we can talk about it? Is that what you're doing? Right. <laughs> so that I can sound relatively informed about my Great. team. Great. That's exciting. I'm going to pull this guy's name up to see if I can pronounce it. I'm going to sit here and wait yeah. for you guys. Uh, I have Christian Yellick. Uh, Kevin Martin? No. Oh, you can't call your team Yellick My Dickie anymore because you don't have R.A. Dickie. Or can you still? I still can. Christian I still Yellick, have Yellick. A.
2: Dickie. You get grandfather um. right? It's on uh, names. <laughs> yeah, I guess our, so.
1: our lineup's not imported yet?
2: Oh, yeah, because Kevin Lee Kevin out, time. And And uh, That's how you say it?
1: Brazilian. He yeah. I see suddenly the authority on pronunciation. You've never heard of a guy. Is he Brazilian?
2: He's Venezuelan. No, he's Cuban. I think. Everyone's Cuban from. The Venezuela. next big thing from Venezuela. Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> he's still Cuban. Yeah, right. Um,
1: All right. I don't if you get I him have... on a boat, you're Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't have a full answer to your question. Okay, great. But I, but, I, but I like objectively, I feel like I do have a fair amount of young talent. I think honestly, my my Achilles heel over the last few seasons. Over the last few seasons, has been my mismanagement. Like you don't I,
0: check your team enough.
1: I, I check it, but I just don't. I don't have the drive that you have to just <laughs> stock my lineup every day with like. Like I, I just can't dedicate the amount of streaming it will take. And I've right. actually thought about proposing uh, weekly rosters, weekly lineups. Is I don't think like? it would it would take. But I feel I, like I would not should. like it if you
0: proposed that.
1: Yeah. So, um, but it makes sense. I, I, like honestly, like. I have been in that league forever and I still enjoy it and I like having like a lineup to check every day or I like being able to like feel like I have a vested interest in certain players around the league but right at the end of the day like doing having like having the responsibility of doing rosters daily in order to give my team the advantage it needs to win is a little bit of a deterrent or it's a little bit of a an obstacle towards like just really enjoying being part of the league.
0: Yeah. The last thing about this before we completely bore all the listeners who have no idea what we're talking about. Um, This fantasy league is a dynasty league, so you keep the exact same players year after year, and it's one hundred fifty dollars buy-in. Now, I had a friend I was (laughs) telling about the league, and I was
2: he was (laughs) asking me, "Is like thousand (laughs) dollar (laughs) buy-in? Yeah, doesn't seem like that much."
0: (laughs) Well, no. But my point was, he was saying like, why would someone who's consistently at the bottom of the standings want to pay one hundred fifty dollars a season to have zero chance of winning? so um, I feel I like you, you can say, answer that question
1: <laughs> I was going to say because it's for a like fantasy this. league I don't
0: view $150 as a lot Like but it's I, more than most leagues for for like any really for
2: basically any age I think maybe so maybe my
1: friends are all degenerates but I feel like all my how much are, are your like
2: football leagues or, for
1: like two or three I think
2: Oh, really? Yeah, that's kind of why I got out of fantasy sports. Because they're like too cheap, all right? All the leagues. No, it was just adding up to too much. Right, you know, but each league was probably no more than, like, 100 each. Yeah, but well, I didn't feel like the invest, like the amount of time oh, you put sure, into it yeah. was worth the investment. I don't know, for, uh, like for, I feel like that's the concern, yeah, though. It's little
1: money to care so much. For yeah. me to amortize a 200 or $300, like, league fee over 16 weeks of the NFL season right. for like 10 or 15 dollars a week to feel like invested in football that is a small price to pay in my mind.
0: Right, but for baseball does it make you I guess it makes you feel a little bit invested. Like you're not yeah, going to really watch just. any baseball games for your players but like
1: there's And I think there's also because it is a dynasty league, I definitely have more of a sense of ownership of my players and I yeah. like I'm I'm like super stoked about Corey Seager and I'm like Right. Like how how my,
0: long how long ago did you draft Corey Seager?
1: Four years ago, three
0: okay. years ago. I they're probably guys year. you've owned for like 13 years, though, right? Or oh, yeah. No, long.
1: they're, um, who was it? Angel Villalona. I don't know former who is. prospect <laughs> for the San Francisco Giants. Okay. I was heartbroken me, when he got arrested on murders, <laughs> murder <laughs> charges. Wow.
0: <laughs> not am so to look this guy up. <laughs> as Lefkowitz was about. Uh, the guy who died About too Jose soon. Fernandez No too soon I was actually I was really it's shaken It's not up. too soon I, I was really, really shaken I The up day after, after. I, I, was I know That was fucked up <laughs> <laughs> But um Lefkowitz forgave me He I, When I did That's, the podcast he's, he's a big man With him Well he He responded to my comments saying that he hoped that someone I personally loved died also and I was like okay look. that's really bad because you're like
1: a robot and I feel like the only person that would qualify would be like family members right that's, that's what, what he was going that's for that's what he <laughs> meant
2: yeah, yeah he I put mean, his love for Jose Fernandez on the same is that the guy's name yeah Jose. on Fernandez. the same level as Mises' love for his family yeah,
1: honestly I, with, with Lefkowitz I think that isn't that far-fetched that he would, well, like, well, that, he would that he would have that much affection for Jose Fernandez. No, I think he
0: really, really loves Jose Fernandez. I felt a little bad. Like my my emotional rip. response. Yeah, rip Jose. My emotional response to getting the Facebook notification of his response message to that was like, fuck. I must have really upset him. Like I didn't get offended by his thing. I was just like, wow. I guess wow, really you hurt took this
2: me, personally. You were upset with yourself.
0: I I, I felt a little. That I wasn't upset with myself. <laughs> I was still laughing in my head. But I was like, shit. I think I I, I think he like really cares that I made this joke. One of these days Mies will learn
1: to read emotion without stats. I need I need an appropriate <laughs> response Mies to said, gauge the So emotions. on a scale from one to ten, how angry are you? Right, right now? that's what I had to ask him.
0: And he, he'd be like infinite, like I can't say. Like eleven. <laughs> like le- eleven. That's the most on a scale of one to ten. And Mies would say
1: does not compute <laughs> outside possible range. <laughs> Do you want to talk about anything else? Because I think we did... Um, I have nothing on my mind, but I can most certainly make...
2: How uh, far do you see Maryland basketball going in the 20s yeah, this sure. year? Well, let's do terms. predictions. <sighs>
1: well, let's, I mean, I love... It. I think the, the loss of Chago was
2: huge Um, huge he's barely played all year right
1: but Dodd Dodd and him are kind of interchangeable and that they can both protect the rim and Dodd gets into foul trouble a lot and I like Bender but he brings uh, he's a much different skill set than Dodd or Checo Bender misses a lot of layups too yeah but he has pretty good touch down there is he Dragon
0: Bender's brother
1: yes he is you want to hear something I think the reason he was originally originally recruited was the good dragon yeah
2: a Dragon Bender has stolen Alex Len's playtime from the Suns, yeah. and now Len is like not <laughs> a <laughs> starter right. anymore. Right. Oh. well, Tyson Chandler coming back also They're Pretty underrated oh, wow. they have some good dragon. But um, dragon. I read the predictions today for Bracketology, and they're predicting uh, Maryland and Duke second round matchup. Ooh, that'll be fun. Yeah, that would be a blast. Yeah, well, I'm, back I'm in not on the, the prediction
1: business for the Terps. I know no, that, it won't happen. They predict that like, like every year. Ken Palm <laughs> always hates Maryland because actually I'd be I'd be curious we've uh, talked about this day. recently oh, okay. so no, no no I mean just are you right. talking about like on the luck uh, like no, the luck metrics I think like Ken Palm hates Maryland because Maryland's wind dif- like point differential is always so low right it's because they have low. like Mellow Trim I don't like uh, no no I'll give term, my right, take I on we're no, like, no. I think we're like in five point games I think we're like 20 point 26 and 6 or something like that. Yeah. Think it's we ridiculous. I think and Maryland we because
0: running. they have a point guard like Melo Trimble who's really really good at shooting free throws should win a marginally greater amount of close games than a typical team because like you're able well, to they're close all good out at free a throws. Maryland as a whole is a good yeah. free throw shooting team so maybe that's more predictive of winning close games than other things like the way the Royals always seem to win close games is not it doesn't matter that much. There's like a small factor where like a team can be built a certain way where they happen to be better winning close games. But so yeah, in, base- in baseball, what's the parallel to being able to? Um, pinch runners, I think, would be the key thing for the end of games. Like the Royals always have fast guys on their bench bullpen? who are like pretty bad. Yeah, bullpen too. Do you think that's Do you think that's more so a product of utilizing it correctly or because they construct their? I think it's in both. Specific
1: fashion.
0: I think it's both. I mean. The the fact that they bunt probably the Royals like that they bunt a lot it takes away from it a right, little bit say, but it... they just have the speed there like um the one the two names that come to mind they have Gerard Dyson and Terrence Gore they they don't have Dyson anymore but those two guys were on their team for the World Series run mm-hmm. and they probably weren't big factors in like the in the makeup of the metrics of the team because they barely played right. but in the playoffs when it's like we're going to utilize all our assets as effectively as possible, it becomes, like, a little different than your early game scenarios where, like, you could put a pinch runner in and you can steal second and steal third, and, like, just the type of players they have would be more conducive to winning close games. So I guess, like, free throw shooting could be that in college basketball a little bit, but... I think that one of the reasons also Ken Palm underrates Maryland, at least recently, is because
1: we've had really young teams, and Ken right. Palm just well, that, doesn't that I think account
0: for new... They don't account for right. freshmen that much. Right.
1: I think they yeah, they put a lot of weight on, like, continuity and on having returning players right. and having some, like, seasoned guys. But I think, that, I think that typically normalizes as the season progresses. Well,
0: as it gets towards the end of the season, we've seen it, I think, four straight years now, Maryland has started the season in, like, the... Forty to sixty range on Kenpom and has finished the year in like the twenty to forty range. Like they've moved up as the season's gone on, so I think yeah, it just it just normalizes. And I think we're going th- into the tournament, we've been a little overrated, but not too. We're much. We're always overrated, year.
2: but I think we're like the closest between our actual ranking and our Kenpom ranking. What is we've the like ever distinction been. now? We're twenty four in the AP and we're like thirty two on Kenpom, so which we,
1: that's it, probably it reasonable. We in probably Kenpom, are like about
2: the twenty fifth best team yeah. in
1: Kenpom world. Does it? Does it help like I know for a while what was also working against us was strength strength of schedule mm-hmm. does to like the close losses well the close loss against purdue, but then the that wasn't a close loss against Wisconsin, but,
0: like, decided kind of, a close game. The Purdue loss would... it basically
1: if we outperform our Ken Pom expectations for that game? A bit. But, like, the
0: Purdue loss, Maryland lost by one. Yeah. If we had it hit a shot been. at the buzzer to win by one, it I don't think that right. would have been any different to Ken, Ken Palm rating Ken Palm, whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, they don't care about winning at the end, so... It's all about points Like, the fact possession. that Turgeon made a horrible decision to ice a free-throw shooter at the end of that game, like... That should matter a little in Kempon because, like, that's a pretty good indication of a coach like not being able to manage the end of a game properly. But, it, yeah, it wouldn't sh- like it's hard to go with that that's, reductive that's and a small scale. That's there. some clear shade being thrown at. It Do you like? Terry made a, I don't know that he's bad, but he made a that love one decision I, was terrible.
1: Yeah, I, I love him um, from a recruiting standpoint mm-hmm. and from a just wanting to root for him standpoint. Yeah. He's a fun guy. Great, Great guy. In, right. Great in-game. recruiter. Right, in questionable game, think, coach. <laughs> all right, so, so there, there are some things that I think are definitely um, like some glaring weaknesses. There's some glaring deficiencies in some of our teams over that are the, past the years. same deficiencies
2: every year. Right,
1: but I, but I, I mean, also think, but I also think like this year, right. right. I, I, but I also think this year and two years ago, we. I think he deserves a lot of credit for us over achieving to the extent that we did. Yeah. I think like over the long haul, he did a really good job of masking certain deficiencies, even if it led to, like, led to some other ones being kind of... I
0: would speculate that he's probably a good practice coach in, like, right. getting players yeah. to improve. But. and
2: he, play, he plays to the the strengths of the team, and really, like, he doesn't... He's got good ideas, like, he models his strategy after Greg Popovich, that's, like, his coaching idol, and also Roy Williams from Kansas, because they're, like, biffers. Right. But uh, I just think execution is a big problem with too, because you got to think, like, college basketball players are mostly idiots. Like, like <laughs> Especially in Maryland, it's all, like, 19-year-olds. The vast majority of anybody yeah. playing college basketball is just not that smart because you got to think about it. they are kids who wouldn't have gotten into these, you know, most Division One schools right. are, have like pretty good academic standards. If you're that
0: good at basketball at 19, you probably haven't done much else with your life. You've right. probably
2: been playing a
1: lot of basketball. Exactly.
2: So, like, coaching, there's only so much you can really do as a college coach in basketball. But I think Turgeon does have a lot of deficiencies as well.
1: I, I think this is... This season I think has been interesting because I, I don't think we're nearly as talented as we were last year. Oh, we were
2: projected like, to suck this year. Right, too. I think it's
1: blatantly obvious that we're not. I mean, the fact that basically our entire starting five last year was supposed to be NBA prospects is... Except Melo Tremble,
2: Right. Ooh. But
1: I think this year the team, while not as talented, I think the team is constructed in a way that's much more, like a much better fit for Turgeon's Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> if only we could hit more threes.
0: Oh. Do you think we should do a um, preview tournament podcast? Where we do you got, want like, to be a, a sports website? I feel
2: like the you're turning into a sports guy. No, 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 no. I'm not... not the guy. guy? The guy is not coming back. No, no, it's an A sports guy. The
0: guy. No, that's not coming back. Um, no, but I feel like case by case, there could be like certain events that'd be worth talking about. Oh, good we talk, we talk about, we're to, we've been talking about sports for like ten straight minutes now. I know twenty
2: straight minutes. How many people stopped listening to what this podcast? Kind of, I right. turned <laughs> it on just for this. <laughs> okay,
1: sorry, so what's your what's your goal with the podcast? What do you want your like what what's supposed Ooh, to be the underlying bring theme? It back. What's supposed to be the good underlying question. theme of your so, of your guests of your conversation? trying to preach some sense, mostly. Oh. Yeah, that's why it's called. Would it. never thought.
0: <laughs> um, I don't really know yet, which is why I have such a different uh, it's not like fully relatable to your career path is like I don't know exactly what I'm going for. I think that first of all, having conversations with your friends that are constructive versus like if if the three of us were sitting here without a friend here oh, right. recording there, us... there would be no reason it, to be having such be bullshit we'd, we'd just be yelling at the t v like we wouldn't be able to like, communicate properly, right. so I like it as a forum to like i th- i think it it brings out the best in you. Creatively. Yeah, right. I think it makes everyone involved smarter. Like Definitely. you, you can be creative. There's a reason to do it. And so, you're also held accountable. I think it's. So, I right?
1: think honestly, I think this kind of stuff has kind of gone by the wayside in the era in which we live because we yeah. are always we're just overstimulated by everything, whether right. it's TV or cell phones or a movie or something else that's going on that we just kind of lose. Like I, I assume if we were living two or three hundred years ago and we were. We were uh, congregating at Maxwell Tavern when it was like a legitimate old school tavern. See a
2: mansion in the sky release party. <laughs>
1: right. I I have a feeling like when we would go there and have our have our like weekly pint. We would <laughs> we would they do so pint. with like over some like Legitimate stimulating conversation. Well, our stimulants, might have been as, we might not have been as educated as we are we'd today. We'd be really dumb, but
2: we'd be trying. Yeah, right. but the stimulants exactly. back then would be like the political state of Hoboken. And I mean, like,
1: we'd be, we'd be de- debating whether or not George Washington should seek a third term. Right,
2: well, because <laughs> as human beings, you're just looking for distractions usually, and the distractions back then would be more relevant to society because there was less bullshit right. and Netflix and fucking BuzzFeed around like that. And now there's so much more to consume, too. Right. It's crazy, man. But um,
0: getting back to what you were actually asking, the
2: goal of
0: the podcast and blog, I, I want to be in control of my own time, like what you're saying. I think the reason I started it – well, I started the blog actually when I had a job. So it's just I, – I just really wanted to start writing things because I had started listening to podcasts and reading more basically since I stopped betting was, was the main reason. Are you currently betting? No. I haven't. Aside from baseball futures, I haven't placed a bet since July. I guess I had baseball futures that lasted through the MLB playoffs. So Is there a good... I haven't, I haven't been rooting for a bet since the end of baseball season. Wow. So, I've just been... I Are you intentionally, like, trying to be done sort with Sort of. Or? Well, it's illegal, so, like, I can't... That that was, like... <laughs> that was one of the main reasons. Um, unreliable bookies, but also... Past, just, oh, weren't you not getting paid out? I was getting... There were some bookies who didn't end up paying me. Where there were... There were a bunch that paid less than they they were supposed to because they got sick of me winning. There was one guy who paid nothing. Um, yeah, it was just I mean, going forward, and there's obviously no recourse for. Right, and going forward, if I wanted to start increasing bet sizes, the only way to really do that was Fish. to just find more bookies because you can't just bet $5,000 against a guy and expect him to pay you if he wins. Is you win. Vegas
1: the only place where you can bet sports legally? Well, and
0: also every other country in the world that's right. not the U.S., right? But, yeah. I yeah. mean, like yeah. if you are going to go down to the bottom. Yeah, well, Sturm and I were looking at Nevada apartments about a yeah, year ago. Yeah, there was a we serious amount
2: of time we were really considering. Right around last that our year's career. Super Bowl, we were like, this this could be a thing. Yeah.
0: Well, what stopped you? so we started we had a bad march last oh, yeah. year. We had like the worst month ever and I was betting the most money per game that I had ever bet. So it, yeah. I I did um the podcast that I did most recently I was I was explaining and it was like basically a year's profits were gone in 3 to 4 weeks. Jeez.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't really doing much other than just listening to what Mies told me. So. A lot of the times, I was just going on. I was
1: using your logins to go onto your site. <laughs> <swing. laughs> did you change your strategy at all during that point? Or I tried it just, to. you tried it to natural, trust the no, process. No, like, like, was it just a natural swing? It was. It was. A, like, it was,
0: it was just mostly. <laughs> I would say it was mostly a natural swing. Some of it was. Well, there was definitely uh, like, a ton of bad bankroll management where I was trying to like recoup losses where I like needed to get it
2: back.
1: So was mentally, there, Did you have a? Did you have a? Uh, a system for determining how much you were going to bet on each game? It or? was. It wasn't. A, it wasn't that rigid of a system. It was.
0: It was sort of arbitrary, but it. It was so basically. It just like, to be consistent? Yeah. The more, the higher percentage chance of. The higher expected value of a bet, the more I would bet. It was it was roughly that. So was there like a
1: confidence interval or something on a certain bet or? <sighs> that
0: was that was hard because I, oh you could God. sense that certain types of bets are more variable than others. Like there was this particular strategy that I, it ended up being bad in college basketball during the early stages of the NCAA tournament, which was like right around when I stopped. Um, where you'd find a team that was losing. And you'd parlay them winning the second half spread with the over for the second half because they're correlated. Right. So if a team's right. going to make a big comeback, right. you're probably right. going to hit the over, right? right? So in those cases, there were some where... like The expected value on those was clearly positive regardless of who the teams were. But it got to a point where I started betting them on every game when I was like really chasing losses. Right. So if any team was down 20 at halftime, I would just parlay them with the over. And i bet a lot on those. And I would say... Maybe I, I had a stretch where I hit like 3 out of 30 of them, mm-hmm. where the break-even point, maybe I needed to hit 9 out of 30. Jeez. So I was well below, but like, yeah. And what was the
1: probability of hitting 9 out of 30?
0: Um, Higher than hitting 3. Well, no, no let's say it, it pays <laughs> it out lower two, than It pays out <laughs> 2.6 to 1. So, yeah, it, it's like roughly 9 out of 30. The probability is a little bit immeasurable, the correlation, like, if they were two independent bets, it would only be 25%, but I was thinking of it more as, like, 40%, because they were pretty highly correlated in a lot Mm -hmm. of cases. So I was expecting to win, like, 10 to 12 of those. And if I got lucky, like, there were times where I hit, like, 8 out of 10 of those in a stretch, and they'd all pay 2.6 to 1. And there were a bunch during February and March that were very close to winning that just, like, team would miss a shot at the buzzer, or they'd foul when they didn't need to, and it was, Mm -hmm. like, right there, and then you'd lose by a point, point. it was so stressful to watch those ones where it's, like, you need this team in the over for the second half, and they go on like a seventeen to one run in the first two minutes of the half. And you're like, I won, right. and then and then for whatever and reason, the pay like slows up the, the pace slows up, and they they end up coming back and winning the game in overtime, but or they get it to overtime, and then they end up like losing by 9 in overtime so you don't cover the spread anymore it's right. ridiculous yeah so I guess if in that particular run where I was betting tons of money on these parlays, I hit 11 out of 30 or even 8 out of 30 instead of 3 out of 30 I might still be doing it honestly right. like it, it was I would there were a couple games where I think the biggest parlay I made I bet like 2 grand to win 5200 on just a random. I think I can't remember what the game was, was like, that thing, kind of like a half time one yeah And are you doing mostly like live betting well, there was a lot of the other thing, or was, was that like how
1: you would kind of hedge and
0: somewhat, but also there were a bunch of these illegal sites where you can bet after seeing action happen in games. So a team could come out of a timeout and hit a three, and you could bet on the line that existed before they hit the three.
1: Basically, arbitraging the timing.
0: Yeah, the, I mean, during when it was good, there was one time where I had the Mavericks and the Pelicans who were playing against each other, both at two plus two and a half against each other. So I, I betted at two. Basically, at the same time, because there was like a glitch on the site, I had two grand on each team from the
1: same source or
0: yes from the same source oh, so it was I think I, I had two grand on each team. It one was one of those cheap bets no but well, the lines didn't exist at exactly the same time. It was like I bet one team at plus two and a half when they were winning by two, and then when they went down by two, I was able to get the other team at plus two and a half, like it was within yeah. a minute within a minute of each other. Um, it took some fast reflexes. Yeah, too. it, def- it took. Th- yeah, you'd just be like clicking. Your I too- computer clicking speed was at <laughs> a rate that my eyes couldn't even. Fall I need. Out. I want to get that back. Though. <laughs> clicking, clicking computers, I was really good at clicking.
1: Did um, you, did you uh, speed up your internet for all of this stuff?
0: No, but Schwartz mm-hmm. actually did that recently, and I wanted to be like, well, why didn't you fucking I speed think- up the internet when <laughs> I did it? It would save me hundreds, of thousands of dollars. Hun- tens of thousands of dollars. I don't know. Um, But in this particular game, I had two grand on each side. So it was literally zero dollars to win four grand. That The margin would be two or less on either side. And I think the Mavericks won by two in overtime. And it was like one of the best days I've ever had. (laughs) (laughs) It was just so fun. So yeah, that was like one of my main strategies. So I guess, theoretically, I mean, I would would certainly expect to win if I was still doing it. But I just, the, the unreliability of bookies makes it... And also, I mean, we talked about this already, most of this podcast, like the time investment there, I was working 18 hour days and I wouldn't call it fun. I mean, I liked sports or I liked sports, but (laughs) it wasn't, it was very, very stressful. Like I would think I probably took years off my life rooting for like If you were a shot to miss at the buzzer yeah. and it was like heart palpitating like you were an coming out of my chest. You were definitely yeah. addicted. There to were gambling. many addictive <laughs> tendencies in that in that whole thing. So was sure. it
1: So if there were okay, I have two questions. One is if you were still if you were living in Nevada right now, for example, or if yeah. you were living in Vegas. We'd be finishing up our year lease yeah. <laughs> yeah, if we had moved, yeah. What's what would If you if you were living in Vegas or you were living somewhere where this was legal? Yeah. And you had experienced the same thing with respect to swings and volatility well, of payouts we talked and stuff. Would, about you this. Still be, would you still be
0: at one? Sir, and I were talking about if we experienced, if we moved to Vegas last February and experienced the same march right. that we did, we would have left Vegas in April. For sure. Really? We would have tried to. We would have just live there for like a year just wanting to kill ourselves. The whole time. <laughs>
2: well, my plan was <laughs> going to be to get like a job. Was gonna, I maybe there. would have gotten yeah. a job too. I wasn't going to take like stake my entire livelihood right. on gambling. I was right. going to try to get like a job so I would have some kind of income and then supplement it with right. gambling. But um, I probably would have wiped myself <laughs> out too. And then I, we would have been uh, at blackjack tables and not who the hell knows or whatever. <laughs> and, we and then my second so question much.
1: was, <laughs> um, oh what God. could have been... Fuck! What were you talking about before that was um, the last
0: time? The other thing. Do you have a specific question about like the betting process?
1: No. What was the last? What was the story you were the telling? The Mavericks Pelicans game. No. Were the parlays? You're talking about going to, going to Vegas. Uh huh. I like doing this. Still. Trying to rehash it. We can. We can definitely work through this.
0: Um. You know, can hey, pull it up? What it was we were talking about. One of your best days.
1: Yeah. No, it was like a, a general thing. If you okay, so oh, do you you said you were addicted to it, right? Yeah. Do you miss it?
0: I miss it. Was it hard to stop? First of all, being when I was winning, having money coming in all the time, like I I was basically just one of my favorite activities was just look at the cash in my closet and be like, this is so
1: awesome,
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then I would yeah, and I would like buy. (laughs) Food for, for buy. I buy drinks when we go out. Ross I think there was that one time we were in DC. I bought like seventeen fireball shots. Just because I felt like it because I won like. I mean, I won eight grand in a day. I was like, obviously, I'm gonna buy shots a for you It was good time everything. to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> I was very useful. And be a
2: dick if I didn't.
0: <laughs> right. That's what it actually felt like. Right. Like you worked and made two hundred dollars day me and, money. <laughs> and paying for my
2: stuff. Bro. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, winning. I was definitely addicted to that. Like, the the being able to just splurge at at any
1: time, always, was just so fun. If you had kept winning, you might have been, like, a cabinet member right now.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, I think part of it probably was too like you enjoyed being really good at it and like yeah. I think with I'm if you were if, if general, the I podcast guess. was blowing up with hundreds of thousands of hits you might show those same kind of addictive tendencies right. which I don't
1: think maybe you just have
2: an addictive personality well I do a little but I also think like I think you get addicted to like being good at processing. I like, like, it's like I've, I've... I like that we've turned this episode into like one one of my, my, my... What's like a productive addictiveness really?
0: no no I definitely <laughs> am addictive like today is the I I didn't exercise today at all because I I've realized I hadn't taken a rest day from working out in like 45 days because <laughs> I've been working so I've just been like going to the gym <laughs> a lot and yeah it's like I think I definitely Are you kidding me? I'm definitely addicted to that too I don't know I just get it it, it definitely is what Sturm's saying though like when you're good at something right. you just want you're to keep doing it. it and that's certainly built into my personality
1: so when I started I almost, I started, think, it's, I almost like, think it's like being in like a, a persistent flow state where you're just like yeah. you're kind of in the zone like not not every second of every day but like you wake up and you know what you're doing and you're excited about it and then you go to like you end your day kind of on the same like hinders yes it definitely it, it definitely was like that um
0: i would say though that when i started losing the like it was a different type of addiction when i was winning versus when i was losing um when you're winning the addiction is just like it's like you you'd equate it to working really hard like i didn't I didn't not go out on the weekends because of gambling, but if I was at a bar and a game I had money on was on, I'd be like, I'd be right. glancing at it the whole time. Was that, was, so that it didn't, was that because
1: you needed to know how your bet was doing, or I did you were to potentially put another bet in? Like was it research, it, or was it just purely like, were, monitoring your bet?
0: I would say sometimes it was research, but in specifically in the cases where I just knew I was monitoring and I wasn't placing any more bets, like there was it was just some stupid West Coast college basketball game that was. Already in the second half, like there was no way to bet any anymore of right. money on it. It was like, it was just fun to watch it and sort of like count the money in my head. If if this hits, I'll be up eight hundred dollars today. If it doesn't hit, I'll be up four hundred. So I'm right. just rooting for it. And it'll be more exciting it be- if it hits and doesn't hit. Yeah, it was. Just- Outside of
1: like an injury or something like that, was there anything you'd ever, was, were there any anything you'd ever see in a game that would make you question your bet or make you want You're to talk about him? eye test wise right that but it, do you believe in the eye test
0: I believe that it has merit but I I tried to be very careful with that because there's well, the first thing I did is I stopped watching games with volume on because the announcers will fuck up your entire... Fake news. Of the game. Yeah, the announcers are fake news. So I turned <laughs> off the volume and I'd be watching Netflix or something. Like I I didn't watch Breaking Bad when it was on the air, so I, I remember binging it roughly a year ago. I watched the entire show and I would be watching games while I was watching Breaking Bad. And then you just glance up at the score? Right. So, yeah, I was not listening to the announcers, so there was none of that. Right. Um, yes, it would mostly be my perception of the game would change only due to an injury or... Jesus. In terms of eye test, the Dodd one thing... I worst hands. I wouldn't watch Demonte dot drop that ball and be like, I, I think Maryland's going to lose now. I mean, obviously they're down 10. I think they're going <laughs> to lose. But like that sort of thing, no. What's
1: the probability that we come back?
0: Down 10. With other team has the ball yeah. 345
2: left. Like 1%. Fuck.
1: <laughs> 1%. Yeah.
0: That's not what I wanted to
2: hear. There would not I'm be a money that.
0: line available at this point in the game.
2: Right.
0: All right. Now, now it's over. Now I 1 0. <laughs> All right. Oh god! Should we keep this rolling through the end of the game so we can be miserable for the last? The end of the game's gonna um, be like I'm gonna go to tinkle. Twenty
2: okay. five more minutes. I'm
1: guessing it's this closet.
2: Er, yeah, <laughs> it's that bathroom. <laughs> what should we say about Ryan while he's gone? Um, he left the door, door push in, then up. Uh. We can can you fix that? I got some like problems in my apartment that I might need him to like look at from. Okay, go find real estate. Apartment I have expert. had this light hanging out of my ceiling for the last like six months. <laughs> <laughs> I tried fixing it myself. Well, like the fucking ceiling's too soft to screw into now. Uh, so maybe, maybe I'll have him take a look at a couple things. <laughs> <he's> <laughs>
0: out here. So uh, while you're yeah, in there, Can about you about it? fix my light? Yeah. Can
2: you, <laughs> Um, You need some bulbs. <laughs> <laughs> well I have bulbs. Is, I need to, like, is it? Is it just not secure? The screw fell out of the ceiling. So, like, I went to try to, like, like gold part in. Right. I tried to screw that back in with the, like, the ceiling is so soft that the screw wouldn't yeah, you take. Have, is, it, is there water? Have you had leaks and shit in here? No, but probably. Yeah.
1: So I mean, usually soft drywall or soft sheet wrap is yeah. water damage. I know. Um... Get him to prove his expertise on the air, <laughs>
2: do you do like
1: hands-on fixing? <laughs> no, up? I'm literally like I'm, illiterate. But no, I- okay. So my brother is very good, like hands-on with things. I can tell you exactly what needs to be done, but you don't want to put it. Yeah. Do you um? Do you want to plug your business
0: at the end for those who have made it through the last <laughs> segment of bullshit? That, <laughs> That's
2: thirty minutes of. Um, <laughs> I don't think the
1: only thing to plug is follow us on instagram even though it has what's, provides like zero value great what's your instagram berry lane partners or berry underscore lane underscore partners is that your name yeah what does that mean um that there's the, a
2: park in the, the street you grew up on
1: no nah, there's a park in like the main area where we oh where the, we invest the Ooh, cards. business cards fans. Man. man i'll take a picture of one and
0: use it on the on the show notes, please